as we remember the legacy of the Reverend Darton, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the Civil Rights Movement, we contemplate theologian Howard Thurman's words in our call to worship. What does it mean to make music in our heart? And how does music compel us towards justice? Let us open our ears, our minds, imagination, hearts, and souls as we listen across time and space to the poetic wisdom of the Psalms. I'm thanking you, God, from a full heart. I'm writing the book on your wonders. I'm whistling, laughing, and jumping for joy. I'm singing your song, High God. The day my enemies turned tail and ran, they stumbled on you and fell on their faces. You took over and set everything right. When I needed you, you were there taking charge. You blow the whistle on godless nations. You throw dirty players out of the game and wipe their names right off of the roster. Enemies disappear from the sidelines, their reputation trashed, their names erased from the halls of fame. God holds the high center. God sees and sets the world's mess right. God decides what is right for us earthlings, gives people their just desserts. God's a safe house for the battered, a sanctuary during bad times. The moment you arrive, you relax. You're never sorry you knocked. Sing your songs to Zion, dwelling God. Tell God's stories to everyone you meet, how God tracks down killers, yet keeps a divine eye on us, registers every whimper and moan. Be kind to me, God. I've been kicked around long enough. Once you've pulled me back from the gates of death, I'll write the book on hallelujahs. On the corner of Main and First, I'll hold a street meeting. I'll be the song leader. We'll fill the air with salvation songs. They're trapped, these godless countries, in the very snares they set, their feet all tangled in the net they spread. They have no excuse. The way God works is well known. The shrewd machinery made by the wicked has maimed their own hands. The wicked bought a one-way ticket to hell. No longer will the poor be nameless. Up no more humiliation for the humble. Up, God, aren't you fed up with their empty strutting? Expose those grand pretensions. Shake them up, God. Show them how silly they look. The poetry of God for the people of God.
Let us pray. We're thanking you, God, from a full heart. We're writing the book on your wonders. We are whistling, laughing, and jumping for joy. We are singing your song, O High God. May the words of our mouths, the songs that we sing, and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. And let the people say, For many years as a teenager, I kept a quote in my wallet from Leonard Bernstein, who delivered this at a 1975 address at the Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia. And it said, I still hear people asking, what have we artists to do with oil and economy, survival and honor? The answer is everything. Our truth, if it is heartfelt, and the beauty we produce out of it may perhaps be the only real guidelines left, the only clear beacons, the only source for renewal of vitality in the various cultures of our world. Where economists squabble, we can be clear. Where politicians play diplomatic games, we can move hearts and minds. Where the greedy grab, we can give. Our pens, our voices, our paintbrushes, our pas de deux, our words, our C-sharps and our B-flats can shoot up higher than any oil well, can break down self-interest, can re reinforce us against moral deterioration. Perhaps, after all, it is only the artist who can reconcile the mystic with the rational, and who can continue to reveal the presence of God in the minds of human beings. Today, we want to talk a little bit about what artistry, artistry that everyone can share, what music that everyone can sing, meant in the struggle for justice now some 60 years ago, and how it may inspire us still today. And I'm going to invite you and the choir to help me preach a little bit today. Don't be nervous. It's all going to be okay. We're going to preach together. I'm going to rely on you. And also, to realize this may be a little more casual and less polished than sometimes we try to make our sermons, but it is a preaching and a proclamation we do together. And I'm relying very heavily on an interview that the, Dr. Bernice Johnson Regan, who's been a great leader in Freedom Songs, was a founder of the ensemble Sweet Honey in the Rock, based on a lot of her ideas that I share with you today. One of the first things she thinks is important when we think about the Freedom Songs of the Civil Rights Movement is they weren't actually written for the Civil Rights Movement. They came out of various traditions. As she says, they were the collective breath of the movement. And they were a natural outpouring, evidencing the life force in the fight for freedom. She also says, when you think about the people who participated in the civil rights movement, who showed up at the rallies and the protests, who confronted people head on, 